Well, hello, world. Hello, like world. That? First me, <laughs> then world. I didn't mean first. Hello, Kim Hi. and world. Hi. I'm world. good. How are you? I'm really good. Welcome to the broadcast. Oh, thanks. I'm so happy to be here <laughs> on an evening. Well, taping. yeah, that's that was kind of fun this time we did an evening yeah. broadcast podcast. The energy is definitely different than when we do it on an yeah. afternoon. And, yeah. and so is the energy outside, too. We have these really big windows. If you can't see, obviously, we need to do like audio. a viewing party sometime and have people just like press their faces against the mm-hmm. glass. Or <laughs> and it's it's always interesting to see what's going on out there. Yes, there's, now it's kind of calmed down because it's gotten dark out. And yeah, people are more, more mellow. Chill. Even your voice is like more mellow. This is my nighttime voice. <laughs> <laughs> She's like the the radio uh, host who's going to counsel you through your your hard times and yeah, play exactly. you a song. I'm and the make Delilah you feel of Pittsburgh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, I love Delilah. Just love put it all out there. Her it's, voice is like bada. Oh my god! Yeah, with all her adopted kids, <laughs> she gets me every time. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So we're really happy that you've joined us for another broadcast podcast, and we have an amazing guest per usual here. But before we get to her, I just want to do a little of the uh, housekeeping. So if you're enjoying the broadcast podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at broadcast pgh and find us on Facebook at the broadcast underscore pgh and at Instagram at the same at the broadcast underscore pgh. And our website is broadcast-podcast.com. And if you really love us, you can and support. And who doesn't? You can support our show if you want to visit our Patreon page at patreon.com/broadcastpgh. And you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play because Kim is really on top of these I things. So am. This is so all I'm Kim. All over it. All over yes. It. And if you would like to sponsor or otherwise partner with our show, we obviously would love to talk to you, like move you to the front of the line. Uh, yeah. So you can <laughs> you can drop us a line at broadcastpgh at gmail.com. Now, what's been really great is we've actually had some Patreons give, I don't know, what do you call them? Like patrons. They're just patrons yeah. of the Patreon. Yeah. It just just rolls right off the yes. tongue. Yes. There are suffragettes, our yes queens, who yes, donate queen. to our show. And that would be Lisa Earl, Teresa Kaufman. And so we just want to thank everyone that's been supportive and everybody that's listening, of course. And without further ado, Kim, yeah. drum roll. Take it away. <laughs> Tonight, we have Pam Eichenbaum, who is someone that I, I've kind of known through, you know, you know, people in Pittsburgh just sort of through connecting through other people. Uh, yeah, I know people Pittsburgh. that know them. Yeah, everyone has <laughs> six degrees of separation. No One even. degree. Um, but um, <laughs> let me give you the, the rundown on Pam because she's mm-hmm. got a very impressive background. I know. She's a business development associate at Innovation Works. She supports fundraising activities from foundations, government entities, and corporations, all set on spurring growth of the region's economy. I love that. Sounds so like, yeah, Legit. get it, girl. <laughs> uh, in addition to her role at Innovation Works, so that's not enough because she's, you know, all this free Obviously. time. She serves as part of the Repair the World Advisory Committee. Repair the World. Wait, can I, I just know. stop? Because Repair the World is like, love, <sighs> love, mm-hmm. love. Near my heart too. Yep. Repair the World. Yeah. They're doing some stuff there. She's on the advisory committee. Oh, yeah. She is uh, on, she serves on Social Venture Partners Pittsburgh. Adele Circle of Women at the University of Maryland, and the Gateway Committee of the Squirrel Hill Urban Coalition. Most evenings, except for tonight when she's here with us. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, you can find her at a community meeting or an event that engages local organizations in the intersection of innovation and social justice. Um, let she's me basically say, a lady that gets stuff the done. The fact that we got her on I the know. show, like, when does she sleep, is kind of my next question. <laughs> when but- do you sleep, Pam? Let's just start there. I, you know, I <laughs> sleep is really important to me. I make time for sleep. I, I, <laughs> I make time for eight hours a night, honestly. Good for you. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I yeah. try to be in bed at 10, and I don't get up until 6. And 
I, st- I get to the gym in the morning too. So it's you're just sleep in control. Sleep. She's ready. Really shamed right now. Listen, no, like, no, 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 no. I say that more as a I've learned from my past yes. mistakes. So I. It's good for the mental state. Exactly oh, to it's work out. It just is. Yeah, exactly. I feel much better. So what's your what do you like to do with gym? Like what do you focus on? So during the week, I generally do a mixture of cardio and Mm -hmm. some weights. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekend, I like to go to bar classes. Nice. Have either of you ever attended a bar class? I've done it once and I really liked it. I'm more into yoga Pilates. Okay. But- I would totally go to a bar class with you. You should join me sometime. Okay. okay. This was I'm my yeah. guest. Stop horning in <laughs> on my guest. My God, she does this with every like, you should join. Do you have, like, go both of Wait, do you have really cute like bar clothes too? Because she's dressed so cute. No, right no, now. I just wore we regular gym talk- clothes. Before we started talking, they were admiring each other's shoes. <laughs> Hello, I'm over here. Sorry to intrude. Kim, I love you. It's fine. it's fine. You should both come to a bar we class. We should. We should do that. All right. Let me warn you both. That's fine. That my parents tried to get me to gymnastics and figure skating as a child. Oh, my coordination, because I'm tall, you I think tall. it makes me kind of Why would they put you in the two that well, are better I really better wanted off. to do ice skating. Aww. I really wanted to be like the next door thing. And I actually could do a lot. Like yeah. I used to. Wow. I know. Uh, not now. But that's not, still impressive. Not, you know, X that, years later. That happened. Yeah. But then I, I shot up like five inches and I was like, yeah, yeah. you're way too tall. Because to you're how tall are you? Are you I'm five? I'm six feet tall. Are you six feet tall? Mm-hmm. Wow. I know. I'm so short. Okay. Uh, sometime we'll talk about why your obsession with clothes i'm just like yeah it's like wistful because like finding like clothes that are long damn. enough and you know we'll have to have is, a whole let's other not conversation make a therapy session about me. <laughs> <laughs> but she's really impressive like you're in a lot of these spaces that yeah. are part of what's going on in pittsburgh right now mm-hmm. that's getting us this reputation as being a really like a business innovative hub, innovative mm. and like startup culture and kind of you're getting these companies that getting them off the ground because there's that's really the hard part. How did you get involved in that? That's <laughs> she just took <laughs> a deep sigh. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I, I feel really lucky to have landed where I am now. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the experiences I've had since I graduated from Pitt in 2008 have kind of incrementally led me back one back to Pittsburgh and have also led me into the position I'm in now. So getting back to your question, I think, how did I land here? Honestly, a series of probably some good choices and a little bit of luck along the way. Mm -hmm. I started as a community organizer after I graduated from Pitt and in Oakland here. Do you have your degree in social work? No, I have my degree in communications. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to go to law school for communications, entertainment, (laughs) media stuff, and that clearly didn't happen. And it was the type of thing where there was a job, it was working as with a nonprofit with now no longer existent Oakland Community Council, Mm -hmm. helping to represent the residents and the neighborhood. And within a few weeks, I just fell in love with the work and helping the residents achieve growth and opportunity for the neighborhood. And I got to work very closely with the council members who were then on council who represented Oakland, which there are three people who represent Oakland on city council Mm. and the mayor's office at the time and with public works and the planning department. And so I just got this really great experience. And then also with both Pitt and CMU of how do communities really work and come together and that just gave me this community development bug. 
Mm. So, so what, what you're doing now is an evolution of that, right? The oh, absolutely. Communities, it's just a different kind of community, not a, not a physical community, but exactly. like a startup community. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it's community and economic development. Mm-hmm. I mean, Innovation Works is uh, a tech-based economic development yeah. firm. Mm-hmm. And we are, you know, based here in southwestern Pennsylvania. But we have our sister organizations across the Commonwealth and then similar organizations across the country who are doing similar type of thing. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that really started this focus on community and economic development at the local level. I dabbled in the national level for mm-hmm. a while when mm-hmm. I was in DC and just knew when I moved back to Pittsburgh, but still working on a national scale, I knew that my intent was to work locally again. Mm-hmm. And it was a matter of finding the best community and economic development agency for me. And this has just been a really phenomenal because there's experience. There's so many in Pittsburgh. There's yeah. so many good, really good community development, community, you know, economic development organizations. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm somebody that when I hear that, those words, I really don't understand what that means. Can you break that down and what, what it is that you guys are really doing, like actual things? Because I think a lot of people, it's an abstract concept when yeah. you say yes. community development or economic, or development. economic yeah. development. And it's, what does it mean? Absolutely. I can 100% explain it to you. So Innovation Works or IW that I might say in the next few minutes just to mm-hmm. shorten it, we're focused on growing and connecting the Southwestern Pennsylvania tech startup ecosystem. And to date, we've invested over $73 million in 335-plus companies uh, who've gone through, and they have then raised over $2 billion. And so we do that through our two business accelerators, Alpha Lab and Alpha Lab Gear, which I'm sure many Mm -hmm. of our listeners have heard of, and I'm sure the two of you have as well, uh, as well as then our seed uh, company. So, And we're doing a lot of really interesting things now outside of the traditional startup accelerator, we're, we're focusing quite a bit now on ensuring we practice diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. in all of our programming and everything that we're doing out in the community. Uh, we have a summer program, Startable, which teaches youth maker and entrepreneurial skills, which is just fantastic. And with the evolution of the economy, to be able to teach kids that skill is critical mm-hmm. uh, to give them that avenue and that peek into what else is out there besides the traditional college-bound path. Yeah. That's very important, especially oh my in, God, a, yes. in an economy where we're so tech-focused and we're so, mm-hmm. you know, startup-oriented, mm-hmm. which is good and great, and you want that enthusiasm. But I think, you know, that traditional path is not always the easiest mm-hmm. way or the best way to get there. Like, not all kids are, you know, going to take that four-year degree. It's not going to really work for them. They're not going to find that, you know, exactly. fulfillment. So finding those alternate routes are so, so Well, we've crucial. really lost the idea of apprenticeship in general. Oh, yeah. You know, and a lot of these things that you're talking about, really, an apprenticeship is what can lead you into doing them best. Oh, absolutely. So it makes sense to have these kind of programs in place. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, besides even the work we're doing with youth, I mean, the other big thing that we really are trying to emphasize with, with our work is we focus on the entire, on the nine counties in the region, not just Allegheny County and Pittsburgh, which I think a lot of people know of Innovation Works yeah. and they know of the work we're doing right here in the in the urban core. But we're also working with manufacturers and with entrepreneurs and startup companies in Washington County and in Westmoreland and Beaver and Butler and all of, again, all the nine counties. Uh, and to engage those individuals in the startup and the tech and innovation sectors is so critical because mm. 
we do have an economy in Pennsylvania that has struggled quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And right now we're evolving into relying on tech and to be able to connect uh, manufacturers that are both regionally located, but also rural with our startups that are here in the city or in the outlying suburbs is so valuable to our ecosystem overall and into the economy overall. So uh, I think for a lot of folks, it's good to remember that we are not just focused on what's going on in the city, but we are looking at the entire region. And that's a unique thing about IW. How does your work with Repair the World inform the work that you do with IW? Repair the World is a nonprofit organization that is actually national, mm-hmm. nationally based organization, but there are chapters in several cities. I think it's about six or seven cities around the country. Zach, please don't hate me for not knowing the exact number. <laughs> um, Zach Block, he's the executive director. He's, he's so excited phenomenal. you're giving him a shout out right I know. now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, he's, he's great. great. He's so he's great. anyway, so Repair is in several cities around the country and they focus on addressing social justice issues in the cities in which they're located. And in Pittsburgh, we are focused here on addressing the issues of food justice and education uh, equality. And so each year, Repair the World brings in a group of fellows who are generally just out of college or maybe a year or two out. And their goal throughout that fellowship year is to help build the capacity of the organizations in which Repair the World works with. So within the food space and then the education space, they're working to really increase the number of people who are supporting them and the number of, uh, you know, so one organization they work very closely with, with which many people know, and I know Leah has been a, ho- a guest here, mm-hmm. uh, is 412 Food Rescue. And uh, the Repair the World volunteers have significantly contributed to the amount of food that 412 has rescued, mm-hmm. among many other things. So as far as the connection to IW is Repair is kind of innovative in how mm-hmm. it Super addresses innovative. community yeah. development right. and it's community It's not a one-size-fits-all. There's definitely right. an adaptive exactly. quality to it. For exactly. Sure. And it's just such an honor to kind of mesh the two. And last year, so in the, what is it? 20, we're 2018. So in 2017. <laughs> what year still, is it? Still getting used <laughs> to the year, God. right? It's almost March. Uh, <laughs> so in, 20, in 2017, Repair the World hosted the first Social Justice Innovation Weekend, which of course does mesh the two worlds of social justice, which is very much Repair the World, and innovation, which is very much Innovation Works, and hosted the very first of that event where we had several great ideas and a lot of energy come out of the community as far as addressing issues that you know needed support. And just a few weekends ago, we had the second Social Justice Innovation Weekend. Uh, and once again, a fabulous weekend where we saw a lot of energy and passion towards addressing some of our community's biggest needs and issues. And it's a, it was an honor to co-MC uh, with Ooh. my good friend, Knowledge Build Hudson. Oh, uh, awesome. Giving him a shout out too uh, for the final pitch. Uh, but it was also just a wonderful experience to help plan and, and get everything together because, uh, you know, we got to tap into a lot of IW strengths and mm-hmm. it was really great for me and, and humbling to be able to bring those two worlds together. And so when you, when you have these companies coming up with these ideas for a social justice, you know, action... Are you surprised sometimes by the things that they're coming to you that, that they have identified a problem that maybe you hadn't considered you weren't aware of? Or do you feel like you have a handle on it? Or how often do they come with something that's sort of out of left field and you say, wow, I hadn't even really, 
that occurred to us or we hadn't thought of it from that point of view before? How often does that happen? Oh, all the time. Actually, mm-hmm. I had a phone call with an entrepreneur today and he's interested in something that's upco- a funding opportunity that's coming up and and I'm not going to scoop it for him. So I'm not, <laughs> not going to give it too many details, but he shared the idea with me and I thought, why did someone not think of this sooner? Hmm. And I just thought, huh. And so I gave him a long list of different opportunities that are out there in the event he's not ready for a specific uh, funding stream now, but you know he wants to apply for support or just guidance from another entity. And so, yeah, all the time yeah. I hear things and I'm, I just kind of have this look of, wow, how did someone not think about this? And uh, how can we really help catapult this idea to the next level? And there's, just, I feel like Everyone I meet, though, especially since being back in Pittsburgh, everyone has great ideas. There's mm. just so much creativity in the innovation space, whether it's social justice related or it's you know fintech or uh, life sciences or garments or what. It's just so such an interesting time to be in the space and also just to be back in Pittsburgh. So, where were you at? I was in D.C. for okay. six and a half years. Wow! Yeah, D.C. is a great city. It is, and I survived. Uh, <laughs> I I think my time in DC was was great for a while, and by the time I I left, I was very much ready to be back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and why is that? Because you feel like you're having more. You can feel the impact of what you're doing yeah, more. In Pittsburgh. Absolutely, I, I do hear that a lot yeah. from people who are in kind of your space that. You, you don't just, not just that you see the result, but that you feel the impact more directly. Exactly. That was one of the things I really recognized after a while of being in DC. And even a good, good while before I decided to move back was that I'm not seeing and feeling the impact of the work I'm doing. I don't have the access to get involved in things like I did before when I was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. And I missed it. Yeah. And I knew that being back here, I would have absolutely the time to one, get involved and the ability and just, you know, the long-term commitment to be able to make an impact. And in fact, before I moved back, I had decided probably a good like six months before that I was moving back. And so I spent a few long weekends up here. I had a job that was virtual, you know, I could work virtually at the time. So I spent some long weekends up here and met with different folks Another shout out to Zach Block. Uh, <laughs> but Zach and I had known each other from my time here before. And so we were chatting about Repair the World because this was still relatively new to him. And he was building out his advisory committee. And so we talked about how I could engage once I returned. And I moved on a Saturday. It was actually two years ago this past weekend. Exactly. Uh, moved on a Saturday. And Tuesday, Zach asked me to be on the Repair the World advisory committee. So it was like, so you had a couple days off. Let's, let's do it. And, but again, we had been talking before and I really knew I wanted to be in, intentional with how I got involved. And I was, uh, really careful before I moved back to spend the time to get to know people and organizations because I wanted to hit the ground running and not feel mm-hmm. like I was floundering because yeah. the city changed a lot in the time that I left. It sure did. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah definitely been but a, it's been a busy two years. And a so very busy is, two years. Is there an area in the startup ecosystem that you think we could be doing a better job on? And not to all the organizations we have here, entrepreneurs in Pittsburgh are super lucky to have access to training, mm-hmm. access to resources, access we to can people. Always improve. What's an area that you think we could do maybe a better job at at, at finding resources or services? Because I hear from entrepreneurs and sort of the reporting that I do, sometimes they feel like they go through an incubator and it's a great experience and they have access to 
resources and people. But then after that incubator period, they they get they feel a little uncertain. So they enter kind of this this area of, you know, what do I do next? What's an area that you think maybe we could we could turn up the volume a little bit in Pittsburgh and and and, and spotlight or maybe do a little bit more work on as far as entrepreneurs or startups are concerned? Is there is there an area where we're we could do better? So, I mean, I think, you know, investment is certainly an area where entrepreneurs are constantly Mm -hmm. in search for that support, you know, finding the capital in order to take your idea from the startup stage, especially if you've graduated from an accelerator to really get you beyond that, you know, valley of death, if you will, which Mm -hmm. IW is, is a support system during that valley of death. Uh, What do you mean valley of death? Because <laughs> it's very uh, dramatic. Yeah, I, know, I know. I hear so many entrepreneurs say that. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, but to get you between that that cycle, and I'll explain that in a second, to the point where then you are asking angel investors uh, and VCs to support. I think to get more entities who are willing to support in that really that that lim- time, it's like a limbo period almost. Yeah, yeah. is mm. so critical, and so that valley of death that I that I said, <laughs> little, it does sound a little scary, daunting. Um, if I'm explaining it correctly, and forgive me because I'm not on the investment side of things, it, it's really that time period after you get that initial uh, investment from family and friends and from you know the accelerator that you might be in to as you're building and scaling that product to when you're at the point where a VC and an angel would be comfortable and confident to invest in you. I see. Yeah. So to for bridge a lot that of, gap. For a lot of VCs, that's the hard part. Right. Oh, they yeah. want to see it that is. you've got funding or that you've got mm-hmm. runway and you're still in that. Yeah. Just got out of the accelerator, haven't right, raised or don't have a prototype or mm-hmm. just not quite there, but you're ready for the funding. You need the funding, but you don't quite have it's what like the, the funders the want. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. It's 100% and so, that. And so that can be daunting, especially if you're you know, a relatively young company is still iterating. Well, why do you think Pittsburgh's become such a hub for this kind of energy right now? Because it has changed. Like you said, yeah. I mean, even in the six years that yeah. you were gone, you know, because within the last decade, I mean, if you looked at Pittsburgh 10 years ago to oh, now, yeah. it, it, to me, it doesn't even really look the same at all. So yeah. what? why do you think we're in this space now where this energy is here for this and right for these kind of programs? You know, I think one thing is we were, we were ready for it. Mm-hmm. I think we we did have several decades of yeah, we've of, been through it. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. put in the elbow grease and being on the down. So yeah, now it's time sure. to be on the up, right? Yeah, uh, I think we were ready for it, and I think also a lot of it just has to do with the leadership mm-hmm. uh, that we've had over the last four years for the city, and both from an elected official level as well as then leaders of a lot of the major institutions mm-hmm. uh, in the last 10 years who have really seen opportunity and said, we need to make this happen. And we need to start growing beyond just what we know. And we need to embrace mm-hmm. and encourage innovation, for lack of a better word. Uh, and I, I think it's also just a matter of looking at who was in, who was a leader 10 years ago, and not just at the city level, but from all of the corporations and the larger organizations and nonprofits in the city is how they were planning for mm-hmm. the next 10 years because right. that's such a critical piece. And I think a lot of folks forget that the planning stage is just so valuable looking ahead. And right now I know that as a city and a region, we're looking ahead at what does the next 10 yeah, years what's next? look yeah. for us. Yeah. And that's a lot of things. And you know, with Innovate PGH now, which is now looking at how do we scale mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the innovation sector here in the city and the region and our innovation zones. Well, that's not just about right now, but it's it's about looking at the future. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. I know we sort of resist the the comparisons to other cities who are kind of in this space too, but 
are there other cities where you, you look at like what they the point we're at now, mm-hmm. how they handled it, like how they who are who are other cities or other regions that are kind of have taken that next step that we might be emulating or kind of looking to for clues for you know, how do we take this great startup ecosystem and evolve it mm-hmm. um, to that next level? Who's who's a city that's, you know, kind of in that space and, and we can maybe learn a few lessons from? That's a great question. And I'm not sure if I have the answer. See, yeah, that's a tough question. <laughs> yeah. Because I but, think of, you think of like an Austin or a San Francisco and there's just, it's hard to compare cities like that to mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, right? Because every city has its own personality. It has its own, you know, Exactly. The business community, it's, you know, there's so many different factors. And we're but, pretty small, too, yes. in comparison yeah, to a lot of these, yeah. which is what I think is making this so unique and interesting right. because for this kind How of are we on this list, creation, right? yeah. yeah, to be mm-hmm. happening when it is a very small population in comparison to even mm-hmm. like in Austin, Texas or yeah, something like that. Sure. Yeah. No, and I agree. I mean, I think it's almost unfair to compare us to mm-hmm. one city in mm-hmm. particular because there are so many pieces of this growth over the last... 10 years, if you want to just say 10 as an even number, that you can compare pieces to other cities and other communities around the country. But at the same time, Pittsburgh is so unique Uh and so wonderful Mm -hmm. for so many different pieces. We don't need to be anybody else. No, we don't. We just need to be Pittsburgh. And we're innovating our own technology and our own platforms. And we're Mm -hmm. bringing some really fantastic things to not just the region, but the country and the world. So... Uh, I think other yeah. cities are starting to compare themselves oh, yeah. to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I find fascinating. I know, which is kind of wild, right? <laughs> yeah. For so long. Yeah, like, Freaky Friday. <laughs> yeah. But now it's it's exciting yeah. you know, to be for in that sure. space. And So yeah. where do you see Innovation Works going in the future? Where do you hope it goes forward? Oh, that's, that's a good one. So it's I think they're going to trouble their boxes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> let me not get in trouble here. <laughs> uh, so let me let me kind of segue this into where would I like to see um, one thing that I'd like us to, like yeah. to see us do, uh, and this kind of gets at my own interests, mm-hmm. and so I'm being a little selfish here, but I, do I think it, we are, that's why we, you are we here are in a dabbling. Safe space. Be yeah. selfish. <laughs> we are dabbling in this already, anyway. Uh, but I would like to see us build this out a little bit more, and I think I think we are kind of on that path. Is the um, the social innovation side of things, mm-hmm. whether it's for ideas addressing social challenges mm-hmm. or ideas addressing issues in cities and municipalities. Mm-hmm. So really looking at the local and the issues that affect us right in our backyard and helping to further those ideas because that is when I think you can truly see innovation making sense and clicking for everyone. Yeah. You know, I have so many friends who are like, what, what is tech? What is innovation? What is innovation works? I don't understand. And, you know, I explain it to them, but it's still kind of this foreign mm-hmm. concept because yeah. it doesn't affect them. They don't right. understand what it really in means. It every day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you, I try to give an example of a company that we have invested in or that has gone through one of our accelerators. And I say, well, this is how it's innovative. Mm -hmm. And then they start to realize it. But I I seem to be picking the same companies over and over again, because I think they are kind of, you know, low hanging fruit, if you will, of this is. Yeah. There's some that clearly exemplify that social innovation. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Leah Lizarano is a good example. She's Mm -hmm. sort of your, your touchstone of, she saw a problem, 
she saw a way to, to fix it and she tried to figure out how to marry it with something that was technologically simple, right? And so I think that, you know, her mm-hmm. her project for into food rescue is it's amazing, like you said, that someone yeah. didn't think of that before, right? Mm-hmm. That why should all this unclean food exactly. go to waste? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, fortunately, I think we're in a city now where the social innovation space is really just blossoming. You can have a little more quickly. bravery. You can kind of go out there with that idea. That oh, yeah, totally. 10 years I ago. think the millennial generation is coming into their own too and recognizing the intersections of these oh, issues. Absolutely. Yeah. And they want to be a part of, we want to be a part of things that aren't just going to make money, but that also have a bigger purpose, something that, you know, creates absolutely. a positive ripple yeah. effect and that's built into their business structure. Exactly. You know, and I, from, you the, know, from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's just the support systems that mm-hmm. are now in place to further those ideas. Yeah. So, yes. Social venture partners, which we talked about before, I'm involved in as a partner, and I've gotten to support three nonprofits in the last two years, and about to jump into number four in the next few weeks, which is so exciting. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is supporting nonprofits, but it's the only nonprofit accelerator in the region, and it's taking it's the startup- only nonprofits that surprises me because I didn't, it hadn't really occurred to me that there's no one accelerator just for nonprofits. It's mm-hmm. the only one. That's yeah. interesting. Wow. I know most accelerators mm-hmm. will, will, will work with nonprofits, but Nonprofits do have a very specific need set of yeah. needs, right? Very different exactly. from for profit companies. Yeah, and with social venture partners or SVP, as many people call it, you know, quickly is the company or the the nonprofits rather. Sorry, will go through the you know few month cycle and they'll get targeted support from a, a team of coaches, and all the coaches are from government or for profit or nonprofit jobs and really just want to lend their experience and expertise and uh, it's engaged philanthropy at its best. Which mm-hmm. is just fantastic because I, I have great relationships with the organizations with whom I've worked, and I am always so excited to get an email from one of the executive directors and say, "Hey, this idea popped up. Can I run it by you?" Or we grab coffee or lunch and talk about something, and I love it because, yeah, I got to coach them officially for a few months, but that relationship doesn't end, mm, and right. <clears throat> it's just fantastic. So giving a shout out to the three so far, check out Cameroon Football Development Program. Oh, yeah. Check out uh, Homewood Children's Village. Mm-hmm. Another good and one. And <laughs> check out Ujima Collective. All three oh. great organizations really addressing some of our greatest needs in the community. Yes. And hopefully by the end of the month, or end of March rather, uh, I will have number four, ready to go. And by this time in June, I will have a fourth one under my belt, which is great. And then the, you know, the other thing though, I think that is relatively new to the region is Uprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mm -hmm. that's another really great avenue to support social innovation. And the Uprise challenge for 2018 officially launches on February 27th. So that happened by the time this airs, of yes. course. <laughs> so, so if you underway. have an idea, both in the, the idea stage or if you have uh, something that's more the prototype stage, I highly recommend you check it out. This year we have two paths. It's the great ideas and great solutions. And uh, again, check out Uprise. It officially launched on February 27th. And uh, we have you know two cycles going essentially at the same time. And Great way to further the support and the ideas you've already developed or to just get something off the ground. And I imagine that a lot of companies that have gone through accelerators already will jump in to try and get support from Uprise and or a lot of folks who have great ideas and 
I can see them in the future being in one of our great accelerators. Uh, will get their start through Upright. So tell us about some of the other projects you're working on, because I know Innovation Works works with a lot of entrepreneurs, startup companies. They don't know what resources are available to them. And sometimes that's half the battle, mm-hmm. figuring out how to connect with them, how to reach them. So what are some other projects or other things that you're working on you want to make sure people know about it that you're excited about? Sure. So personally, I think actually one of the things, as I said before, I was really intentional when I decided to come back. And when I first got back, I made sure to seek out every opportunity available. And that was getting involved in the Squirrel Hill Urban Coalition and joining one of the committees, which Mm -hmm. has been great for getting involved just in the neighborhood itself, staying connected with some things back in DC, just so I had that touch point still. And then the other thing was applying to really further develop my leadership skills. And of course, over the years, I've had different opportunities to do that through other jobs and experiences, but uh, I applied, it was fall of 2016 for New Leaders Council Pittsburgh and was very wonderfully accepted and had a great time with the 2017 fellows. Uh, and the experience was great because for me, it was actually when I was between jobs, it was, it started right I was right as I was finishing the job that I came back with and for a good few months before I landed at Innovation Works. And it became this family of people who were there to support me and lift me up during the you know, trials and tribulations of job hunting, sure. which was stressful. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> a little. <laughs> and so, and, you know, for some of the sessions over the weekends, you know, some were repeats of things that I had been taught before, but always good to emphasize what I already knew and emphasize what I had learned. But there were other pieces that really just opened my eyes to one skill sets that I hadn't really developed yet or things I just was not aware of. And I, you know, I think most importantly, I got some really great friends out of it and really some great cheerleaders too. So you need that so much cheerleaders, the people in your corner. Yeah. You always, everyone does. Uh, and, and with that said, I mean, I would encourage anyone who's listening that if there are leadership opportunities out there for whatever you're interested in, you should, apply to them, seek them out, get involved in some way because it's only going to help you in the long run. And that's generally my mantra of you have to seek out opportunities. For me, it's been, you know, I have been so privileged and so lucky to have a lot of things offered and uh, a lot of opportunities that have come my way. So I keep trying to give back as much as possible and just be the best volunteer or leader that I can be in order to do I all I can for those, you know, out there. I feel like you got to cover. I feel like you're doing just fine. <laughs> check, check, check. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. There's, I think there's even more to come. So, you know, Good. Right? We look forward to seeing we'll you. have you on again and we can talk all Absolutely. about Absolutely. Kim, I come on. Thanks so much for coming. Really Thank you, it. ladies. Thank, Thank you. show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.